I'm going to be reading from Daniel chapter 6, starting at verse 14. We've already done the first half of Daniel, so let's read from verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed and set his mind to deliver Daniel. And he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. The king declared to Daniel, May your God whom you serve continually deliver you. And the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish, the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. And the king commanded, and those men who had miraculously accused Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions, they, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Let's pray. Father, what a privilege it is to come together and sit under your word. Allow your word to be worked into our hearts through the preaching of your word. Help me, Father, to be clear and faithful. Help me to be understood. But help us also to listen and examine our hearts and, and, and allow your word to, to convict us of any sin and to teach us and to train us in righteousness. Allow your word to, to, to see if there's any sin that we need to confess. Have mercy upon us, Father. But help us to allow your word to build us up, to strengthen us and to encourage us. Father, we're living in hard times and, and you know our times and... and we just pray that, that as your word is preached in different churches, as we read your word, but especially as it preached in churches, that, that, that the congregations will be strengthened and encouraged 
They will be also rebuked and exhorted, but mainly find great comfort and hope in what is preached. Maybe preach what your word says and not what our minds and our opinions and what man wants to say. May we allow your word out into the congregations so your Holy Spirit can do a great work in our hearts. Even save those who are not saved. So Father, have mercy upon me now, have mercy upon us all. Give me wisdom and strength now to preach your word faithfully. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue with God rules hopelessness. And I think it's important to know that because when there is a tragedy, when there is a trial and tribulations come our way, we know suffering comes with that, pain comes with that, and sometimes we get put in a hopeless situation. And I still want to continue with God rules our hopelessness. But do we believe that? You know, it's easy, and I've said it over and over, it's easy to believe in God, do the things of God, when things are going well. Easy to be happy, easy to be joyful. But when things don't go well, will we believe that God rules our hopelessness, that God rules our suffering, that God is still ruling through our pain? Will we believe God? Will we trust God? Or do we just focus on other things? We must trust God. Because we see here how Daniel trusted God. And how he prayed to God. And he was rescued. But that doesn't mean God is not a God of performance. We can't do things and expect now God to do his thing. Uh, I've read Daniel, okay, God, Daniel was blameless, he was upright, and he was a good man. And you rescued him from his hopeless situation. Now, I'm going to do the same, and I expect you can't. God is otherly, he's beyond us. You can't, we can't treat God like ourselves. He's not like you and me. He's otherly, he's beyond us. He's transcendent, he's imminent. But we must be careful that as, as Christians, we mustn't just want to worship God and believe God and pray to God because that's all we want is to be rescued from our circumstances. If God chooses to rescue you out of your hopelessness, praise Him, like Daniel did. But if He chooses not to, what are you going to do? Are you going to turn your back on God? Are you going to start questioning God? What are you going to do? Well, we need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and walk with God when our hopeless situation really gets to our hearts. We need to know that with, with our hopeless situation comes spiritual challenges. That's why God brings suffering into our lives. Because with it comes spiritual challenges, spiritual struggles. And then we can examine our hearts and see, oh, I didn't know I was as, as, as impatient. I better work on my patient. I didn't know I was that or this. We need to, we need to allow God to bring suffering into our lives so that our character, character can be challenged so that we can grow. And we'll see more of that as we endure this sermon. And I know a lot of the times we go through, through hopelessness, we want to question God, where is God, what is God doing, what is happening to me, why, 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 etc. And the most reassuring or well, the reassurance of, of tribulations and trials coming into our lives comes from Jesus himself. 
when he has told us, in this world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And he also said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jesus has told us, we're going to have trouble, we're going to have tribulation, we're going to have trials, but take heart, because I've overcome the world, and it's to you, it's you, you must fix your eyes on me, and trust me as the author and perfecter of the faith. Look what I've been through, look what I've done, and now you can look to me and, and seek wisdom. Jesus is our Saviour and Lord, and He wants to help us. He walked a path of hopelessness, but He trusted God. He did not turn his back on God. He took refuge in God. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. Take refuge in him, in his son, and in his spirit. But you can, you can listen more to the introduction from last week. But all I want to do is encourage us not to turn away from God. Keep your eyes on God. Go to the scriptures. That's why we have this beautiful verse from Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear not. Because that's the first thing that when, when hopelessness comes our way, we're going to fear. We're going to have anxiety. We're going to become anxious. And we become irrational. And, and as I says, fear not. He's writing, God is saying, he's writing on behalf of God. God says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. And that's so beautiful to know. Fear not. I will help you. I am your God. Come take refuge in me. Will we do that? So let's continue to look at another thing to encourage us to turn to God, to allow Him to help us. But let me just quickly refresh our minds of the first thing that we looked at last week, that we looked at to help us to turn to God, so that He can help us in our hopelessness. And that was prayer. That's the first thing we should do when we get into a hopeless situation, when a trial comes our way. The first thing we should do is we should cry out to the all-wise God. And Daniel got into a hopeless situation. How did Daniel get into a hopeless situation? Well, if we go back and read verses 1 to 3, we know Daniel was a, a satrap. He was a provincial ruler and he was responsible for security and the collection of money for protection of the city. And he did an excellent job. He was good at what he did. He was a faithful, hard worker. And with that came promotion. But there were people out there that were looking at Daniel's life and they were jealous of him. They wanted to, 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 to get him into a corner so that he would... would ruin his character or they had something to pinpoint on him that hey this Daniel is not what you say he is but they could not find anything in his character Daniel was was a hard-working man because there was an excellent spirit in him and we must know that we too must be hard faithful workers whatever you do work heartily as unto the Lord not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward we are serving the Lord Christ. Yes, there's an inheritance restored for us in heaven, but there's also earthly rewards like promotions. And we must be aware that there will be people on the ground that will be jealous of us, envious of us, 
and will start trying to attack us, make up stories, gossip, slander. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we walk in them because we want our light to shine before others so that they may see our good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Our light must shine. But when our light shines, that means we live in a godly life. And people that live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. And that's happened in Daniel. The three men were jealous of him, like I said. And they tried to find something wrong with him, but they couldn't. But they said, okay, let's, let's, let's look at his, his, his walk with God. Let's do something in connection with the law of his God. Yeah, that's where we can get him. So they went to the king. And they made an agreement to go to King Darius with a proposal for a new law. For the next 30 days, no one was to petition, pray to any god of man, except the king himself. All offenders would be cast into the den of lions. Yes, we've got Daniel. Because they know he's a faithful man. Nothing's changed today. People want to persecute the church. People want to falsely accuse the church. They want to cruelly persecute the church. People are unjustly killed, cruelly persecuted. They did it to Jesus, who lived a life of truth and was persecuted. They will do the same to us. But are you prepared to step out and trust God when it comes to living a life of godliness? What did Daniel do when the document was signed? Well, we know what Daniel did. He carried on praying. He went to his room. And he went upstairs to the upper chamber. And there was a window that was open. And he got down on his knees three times a day. And he prayed and he gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. He kept being faithful. He prayed to God. We can, we can assume... If we look back at Daniel chapter 1, when, when he had to interpret a dream, sorry, Daniel chapter 2, and the, the first thing when they prayed to God, they, they, they basically um, seek mercy. He went to his friends and he said, told them, seek mercy from God. He could be praying, seek, seeking mercy, God help me. But the point is he prayed, he kept faithful to God. What will we do if we told we can't come to church on a Sunday anymore? These are tough questions and, and tough things we've got to think through. All government tells us tomorrow, no more church, no more worship service. We're closing all church doors as from today. What will we do? There are times when we listen to government. We did it working through COVID. But there are times we don't listen to government. Because we're yet to obey God, not man. And Daniel was willing to obey God, not man. He remained faithful. He was a true man of God. A faithful man of God. And he got down on his knees and he carried on praying. Because he was wanting God to work in his hopelessness. He didn't compromise. He didn't close the curtains. He kept praying. How amazing is Daniel's faith to trust God. What a humble man. He kneels. That's showing humility. That doesn't mean now everybody must change their prayer stance and start kneeling from tomorrow because that shows humility. That, that, it's, just, it's just a way of knowing he's a humble man. He's kneeling. We can stand and pray. We can sit and pray. There's no posture. There's no technique. 
If you want to kneel, great. But beware of people that kneel in public because they might be looking for attention. God knows our hearts. God knows who we are. And Daniel is serious about worshipping the God of the universe. He prays not once a day. He doesn't pray now because he's in a crisis. He prays three times a day. He prays basically continuously. I know in Jewish times they had a morning prayer, an afternoon prayer, and an evening prayer, or late afternoon prayer. So, that, so he kept that tradition. And he prayed on a regular basis. And we are told to pray without ceasing. And we need to learn from Daniel. We need to be, we need to be persistent in prayer. When we are afraid and anxious, dismayed or discouraged or faint-hearted, we need to go to Jesus. We need to walk in this dangerous world with him. And we need to keep on in prayer and not grow weary and faint-hearted. Jesus is our hope. In him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He's our hope. And he's able to connect with our hopelessness. One who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. He can sympathize with our weakness. He can help us because he is our faithful high priest who we can pray to. That just should, that should encourage us knowing that, wow, I can take my hopeless situation and give it to God through Jesus. Our faithful high priest who intercedes for us. And then we've got to trust God with it. And we know that, that these men, when they saw what Daniel was doing, they knew they had the opportunity to get rid of Daniel. And there must have been such joy in their heart. That they're going to now have this faithful man, man of character, hard-working man, probably in his 80s, get thrown into the den of lions. And they're very quick to run to, to King Darius and tell him everything. And Darius is distressed because he knows there's nothing he can do. He knows that Daniel is a faithful working man and he's distressed. He's sorry now to lose such a great man who's done so much for the Babylonians since the time he arrived in Babylon, in Babylon at the age of 16. That's our challenge with this first thing. Our challenge is to turn to God in prayer and to allow him to help us in our hopelessness. Give God that opportunity. He wants to. You've got to work out your salvation in fear and trembling. You've got to be responsible and go to God in prayer. He's not going to come to you. You've got to go to Him. Let's now look at our second thing, to encourage us to turn to God, to allow Him to help us in our hopelessness, and that is trust. That is trust. I know I've mentioned it a few times in the previous you know, first thing, but trust is so important. We can talk a theology, we can talk all the great doctrines, we can know the Bible, we can quote scripture, but will we trust God in our hopelessness? Will we entrust our hopelessness to God? The fact that Daniel prays to God in his hopeless situation shows that he is willing to trust God. But we've got to get to a point 
that we can trust God? Why did Daniel trust God? Why should Daniel trust God? Because he knows he's God. The most important thing is to know God. Not know about him. Just like you know about people, but do you know them? Do you know God? Does God know you? Are you in a relationship with God? So you can know him and he can know you. And then you learn about who this God is. That he's a faithful God, an almighty God, the creator God, the almighty God who loves us and cares for us. And he's blameless and upright. He's holy and just. And he wants us to be holy like he is holy. We can look to the mountains and our help comes from the Creator God who made heaven and earth. He's the Creator God. But we need to know Him as the Creator God. Not as the God that is always going to help me when I pray to Him. Always going to bless me. And we know when Daniel and we have it in his own words in Daniel chapter 2.19 why Daniel would trust in God. There was a mystery that was revealed to Daniel in the vision of the night. We know that mystery was important because if they couldn't reveal that dream, they were all going to be killed. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. To whom belong wisdom and might? See, hear that? Blessed be the name of God. We're praying to God, the Creator God, the name of God. And we can trust in the name of God. He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and set up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He's sovereign. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with Him. To you, O God, of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you give me wisdom and might. I've now made known to me, sorry, and you have now made known to me what we asked of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. He thanks God for who he is. God is God. God is the God of heavens. He's the creator God. I am. Daniel trusts God because of who God is. God is God and there is none like him. Why do we go other places when we're in a hopeless situation when there is none like Him? He trusts not in what God can do for him. He knows God can rescue him if God chooses. We know God can rescue us out of our hopeless situations. We know God is a miraculous working God. We know God can work supernaturally. But that's often the reason why we pray to God because we want that out of God. Instead of going to God because there is none like Him and I'm going to pray in the name of God to the name of God. Daniel knows God can rescue him from death or through death. Daniel puts his trust in God and in His name. I am. Like the psalmist who says, Psalm 33 verse 21, For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in his holy name. I'll read that again. Psalm 33 verse 21. For our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. 
That should stir us up to call up and trust God. Trust in His holy name. Not just what He does for us. Not what we want Him to do for us all the time. Obviously, when, when I'm in a hopeless situation, I want God to rescue me and deliver me. That's obvious. But that should not just be our focus. Because when God doesn't, you're on dangerous ground. Because you're going to reject God. You're going to push Him away. God, I do all this for you. And I've asked you something like, help me. And you're not even wanting to. Go. I'm just going to carry on with my old life. That's how we treat people as well. We need to know that we trust God in His name. And then let the rest follow. And verse 16 of Daniel chapter 6, Darius says to Daniel, for he's thrown into the lion's den. May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. He's obviously heard how God has delivered in the, from the, the men from the fiery furnace. How he helped deliver them from death interpreting the dream. And Darius says this because he, 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 he has a relationship with Daniel. This Jewish man. And this is a pagan king who loves Daniel. And, he, and he's hoping that his God will deliver him. He could deliver him. King Darius. But he'll lose face with the people. The people will He'll lose, he'll lose credit, he'll lose, he'll lose popularity if he goes and changes that, that law that the Medes, the Persian and the Medes make, made. Because they can't. Because it said in, in verse 15, Know, King, that it is a law of the Medes and Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. He could. He's the king. But he doesn't want to lose face, peer pressure, codependency. But he says to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. He wants Daniel's God to help him. And to make sure that no one can help Daniel, they roll a big stone in front of the lion's den and they seal it with a signet ring of the kings and his lords. And this points to the same thing with Jesus. It should make us think of Jesus' body in the tomb. They secure the tomb by sealing the stone and, and setting a guard so that his disciples can't come and steal Jesus away and tell the people that Jesus has risen from the dead. But we know Jesus came forth alive. God didn't rescue Jesus on the cross, but he rescued Jesus through the cross. And then out of the tomb, Jesus is alive. That's why we can face tomorrow, because Jesus is alive. It's amazing when you look at the Old Testament and you see the three men in the fiery furnace you see Daniel in the lion's den and how they rescued from death. And you think they don't deserve to be rescued from death. They're sinners. Jesus is the one that should have been rescued from the cross. He's the sinless man. 
But to think about Jesus was rescued from the cross, there would be no shedding of blood. There would be no forgiveness of sins. There would be no death. And no rising, according to the scriptures, on the third day. No conqueror of death. Jesus had to die. To conquer death. But there was no corruption. No, no, um, no, um, not corruption, no decay. Jesus is alive. And we can praise God for that. Now what else amazes me about verse 18 of Daniel chapter 6 is that while Daniel's in danger in the lion's den, there's Darius in the comfort of his home, in his palace, he cannot sleep. You've got one man in his palace, in his soft bed, mattress, and he's got anything he can do. And then you've got Daniel in a lion's den with these roaring lions. No mattress, no bed, no comfort. And you read about the man in his palace that cannot sleep. He even refused diversions, that is, things to entertain him, to help him relax and go to sleep. All he did was fast and, and, and probably wondered if Daniel's God would deliver him or not from the lion's den. You read about the king being anxious in the comfort of his palace, but you read nothing about Daniel in his hopeless situation among the lions. Because Daniel put his trust in God. And if you put your trust in God, what do you think that brings? Peace. Tremendous peace. Because you know who you're trusting in. You're not trusting in God to do something for you. You're trusting in God alone, the name God. And because Daniel puts his trust in God, with that came peace. Proverbs 3, 1-2 says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace that will add to you. God brings peace to our heart when we turn to Him and His Word will bring peace to our hearts. We know that from Scripture. That's why we must be in Scripture when we're in a hopeless situation. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And we do this, why? Because we can trust God with our prayers. And then the peace of God who surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Praying is showing we trust God so God can help us and, he can, and His peace can guard us from anxiety. doesn't mean it takes away the anxiety. The anxiety will still be there underneath, but it doesn't paralyze you. It doesn't stop you from performing. It doesn't stop you from being godly and, and bringing glory and honor to God. We need to encourage one another because this is hard. And we need God's grace and we need wisdom and we need help. And we need God's peace to guard us from anxiety, doubt and worry. We need God's peace to protect us and guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And the only way we can do that is if we're reading Scripture to allow Scripture to bring peace to our hearts. That God's grace can do His work through the Scriptures. Or the Holy Spirit can do that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. You'll make straight your path so that you're able to walk with God through your hopelessness. Too many people want their paths through life to be smooth. 
They don't want trouble. They don't want suffering. But that's the only way we can grow and mature as a Christian. Too many Christians, and too many Christians, and that includes all of us, want smooth sailing. We want to be on the seas and we want smooth sailing. But we forget that on the sea comes calm seas and stormy seas. But it's the stormy seas we don't want. We have, we have the best book ever given to us, the Scriptures, which are God-breathed. I was thinking it's like this. This man is so wealthy. He has a safe full of money. He gets into a financial situation. There's a safe full of money that can help him. But he's not willing to go there. He's too proud, too arrogant. He'd rather suffer. We have a Bible full of wisdom, full of knowledge. But sometimes, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to trust God. We're not going to pray to Him. We'll sort it out ourselves. We are lean on our own understanding. We wise in our own eyes. Which then does so much more damage to our health, our body, etc. God knows us. He's created us in His image. He knows what's good for us. Especially our soul, our heart and our mind. So let's stop trying to pray for smooth sailing. Let's pray that God would, would, would grow us in our character. And the first thing Darius does when day comes is he runs off to the lion's den where he discovers that Daniel had spent a far more peaceful night surrounded by wild lions than himself in his palace. But that's another thing we miss out on, myself included, is that when we go through a hopelessness or a hopeless situation or we're in hopelessness, we forget the presence of God. That's what Daniel had with him in the lion's den. He had the presence of God. Yes, an angel was sent to close the, the, the lion's mouth. He had the presence of God with him in his hopeless situation. And so do we. Someone said, this is a beautiful quote, just reading around. Someone said, true peace, listen to this, I'll repeat it, true peace does not come from the comfort of our homes or even our possessions we accumulate, but from the presence and favour of God in our lives. And that's what we miss out when we don't take refuge in God, when we are in our hopelessness, when we are in our hopeless situation. True peace does not come from the comfort of our homes or even our possessions we accumulate but from the presence and favour of God in our lives. And that's what we want when we cry to God and we trust Him. We want His favour to come onto us. We want Him to help us. Lord, please show me favour. Nothing wrong with praying that. God showed Joseph favour when he was thrown in the pit and then when he was taken to Potiphar's house and when he was thrown in prison. God showed him favour. God was with him. His presence was with him. Because Joseph was willing to keep his relationship with God alive and trust God. He took refuge in God. And that's why it's so important that we trust God. 
And Daniel trusted God, and it tells us there. So Daniel was taken up out of the den. No kind of harm was found on him, not even a little scratch. Nothing. Because he had trusted in his God. That God would deliver him through death or from death. But he trusted in his God, in his name. He didn't go in there, ah, it doesn't matter, I know God's just going to rescue me. I saw him do what he did, fiery furnace, with all the dreams. God's going to trust him to rescue me. No, he trusted in his God, in his name, who God is. God is God. He's our sovereign God. And we need to know the characters of God. We need to learn that. Daniel walked by faith, not by sight. He trusted in his God. And it's amazing, those that threw Daniel into the lion's den, or the den of lions, they were all overpowered. The lions overpowered them and they broke all their bones in peace. All I can say is, judgment falls on those who try to destroy God's work. Judgment falls on those who try to destroy God's work. And then we see the purpose of suffering. We see why God brings suffering into our lives as we come to the last few verses, especially verse 26 and 27. Daniel trusted in his God and Darius saw that and because he saw that, he saw the glory of God and the honour of God shine through Daniel. He saw that Daniel was a light. And that's what it's all about. If we, if we go back to um, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 says this, verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. doesn't mean they're going to believe and they're going to become a Christian. They're just going to give glory to God. And this is what Darius does. He starts in, in verse 26 of, of Daniel chapter 6. I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. So he's telling them all other gods are dead. He is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. How true is that? And his dominion shall be to the end. How true is that? He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions, he gives glory to God. He didn't say anything, ah, Daniel, that's great, but it was one of our gods. Because he saw Daniel shining his light. He saw how Daniel reflected God's glory into the palace, into the Babylonians as he lived and worked there. His character shone for the glory of God. I love what someone says. Daniel's whole life is metaphorically spent in a den of lions. So is our life. We're in a den of lions. We are strangers, pilgrims passing through this world. This is not our home. We are in a den of lions. Yet God protects him, enables him to prosper under different kings until the time of King Cyrus. Isn't that amazing? For 70 years plus, Daniel prospered through all the trials, all the hopeless situations, because he trusted 
God. Daniel trusted God and that allowed God to help him in his hopeless situation. Are we willing to do this, the same? These two things that we've looked at, will we pray? Will we trust God to allow him to help us in our hopeless situation? Knowing that he rules our hopelessness. And we can, as I conclude with Hebrews chapter 2, says this, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus is able to help us. He is our high priest, our faithful high priest. Will we pray to him? Will we trust him to help us in our hopelessness? Because we can. He will help us. Fear not. I am your God. I will help you. Go back to Isaiah 41.10 and go through those verses. Fear not. I will help you. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand as you walk through and in your hopelessness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for your word that's there to strengthen us and encourage us and to help us in our hopelessness. Thank you we can look to you, Father, as our Father. And we know that you are the Creator God. We know that you are a loving, caring, compassionate Father. And you are a just Father. But you are also a Father that will discipline and chastise His children when they disobey. So help us, Father, not to run anywhere but to you in prayer and trust when we find ourselves in a hopeless situation. Father, be merciful, be gracious to all of us as we guide into the week where we know we can trust you and we can pray to you because your word tells us so. But may we, may we pray knowing that we are praying to the Almighty God. May we look at your name. Your name is holy. Help us, Father. Help us to take our mind off the worldly things and fix them on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He endured the cross and suffered and is now seated at the right hand, your right hand, Father. And we can look to him so we may not grow weary and faint-hearted. So help us, Father. Please help us. Help us to to trust you with our hopelessness. Pray not so sorely in Jesus' name. Amen.